Well, in case you're wondering where you're at, this is the workshop, uh, Talk to Strangers, the surprising way to image the gospel and improve your mental health. And you'll find the scriptures and outline for this workshop on pages 42 to 43. Um, And the handout you received, it'll have an outline for point three. And if you flip it over on the other side, there's some more practical tips on how to meet new people. So feel free to take a look at that at some point. So my name is Maria Noyes, and I'm guessing that if you're here, you might struggle to talk to new people. It looks like yes, okay. Um, and honestly, this was me, and it still can be me. So in high school, I would actually get so anxious before going to events with people that I didn't know that I could barely eat. And then I remember when I was getting ready to go to college, there was a part of me that was excited. There's honestly a big part of me that was terrified because I knew that for the next four years, I'd be surrounded by people who I didn't know. And so growing up meeting new people, it wasn't just hard for me. It was actually something that I really dreaded and did everything I could to avoid. But God has done an amazing work in my heart to change me from avoiding talking to strangers to actually enjoying it. And so that's actually my hope for you today is to share what God has taught me about meeting new people. And my hope is that he might do some of the same change in your heart. So for the next 20 minutes, we're going to take a look at the pitfalls, the principles, and the practicals of meeting new people. And then we're going to actually practice meeting new people. Yay, okay, yeah, yeah, that's all right. Just hang in there, it'll be better than you think, I promise. All right, but let's pray, because clearly we all need help in this, and then we'll dive in. All right, Um, dear Jesus, we come before you, and Jesus, we recognize that meeting new people, it really doesn't come naturally for most of us, that this is a really big work of the spirit that we need. We, We need your help, we need your love to move towards people the way that you do, Lord. We can't do this in our own strength, in our flesh, Jesus. Please help us. We ask this in your name, amen. All right, let's, hit, let's take a look at point one, the pitfalls. What holds us back from meeting new people? And I actually wanna hear from you guys, what holds you back or maybe what holds your friends back from meeting new people? And I have some mic runners out there, so you just throw up your hand. What do you think holds people back from meeting new people, from talking to strangers? Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of making you talk to new people, so here we go. I would say awkwardness, shout out to the first session. Yeah, awkwardness, yes, Tori session, yeah, fear of being awkward, yeah. What do I say or what do I ask? Yes, I think that's a big one. You're always wondering, yeah, what will I say in this conversation? Will I get stuck in this? Yeah. Uh, the fear of rejection. Where that? Oh, up here, okay. So I was looking there and I was like, his mouth is not moving, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, you're really skilled at talking. Yes, a fear of rejection. I think that's probably one of the biggest ones is that we fear, well, what if I go to start something and they don't respond well? They don't even talk to me. Yeah. Uh, crippling anxiety. Yes, you said crippling anxiety. Yes, I can really relate to that. It's almost just even hard physically sometimes to do it. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I feel like sometimes like on the surface, feeling really different from the person. And so you're like, I don't feel like this is going to work. You know? Yes. I think we write people off really fast. You kind of judge by appearance, but man, this person, we're not going to click. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to them. Yeah. What they might think of you. Yes. What they might think of you. Is on? You can tell them really. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh. 
Oh, uh, the fear of not having uh, the same interests as the other person. Yes. So, like, different interests. Different interests. Yeah. You said, yeah, you might be like, well, what could we even relate on for that different, yeah. Um, and the fear of what to really talk about or have a conversation on. Yes, fear, what are we, what in the world are we going to talk about? I don't know this person. Yeah, I think I can take maybe one more. This is amazing. Okay. So there's fear that the person will reject you, but if you're evangelizing, I think there can also be a worry that they'll reject the gospel as well. Yes, yeah, if you're not just rejecting you, but rejecting Jesus, which is even worse. Yes, that's great. Well, these are, these are all, I think, very true things. And I think a lot of these things resonate with most of us. And I'm really hoping that in point two, the principles that we lay out from scripture will really encourage you. I think they will actually help us overcome the obstacles that we just said. So let's take a look at point two, the principles why we should meet new people. So principle one is remember the gospel. Remember the gospel. So as a college freshman, my biggest concern in any social situation was, and shout out to the the girl in the front row here, how do I avoid feeling awkward? That was my fear. And so I hung back in social settings. I would wait for other people to come and talk to me. But when other people didn't come to talk to me, I assumed that those other people didn't care about me. And then what I would do is I would isolate myself. I, I really didn't consider uh, when I was first in college that other people might be feeling those same things in social settings or that those other people might be waiting for someone to come and talk to them. Maybe you can relate to some of those thoughts and feelings. But the gospel really challenged my self-focused view of my social interactions. If you look in your packet at, 1 John 4.10, he captures the gospel really well. It says, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So if you notice in this verse, God is the one who takes all of the initiative. So he loved us. He sent his son to be the sacrifice for our sins. God did not wait for us to move toward him, he moved toward us. And so when we experience this kind of radical love, it causes us to move outward. We actually see later in 1 John 4, in that same passage in your packet, it says, we love because he first loved us. And I love how counselor Ed Welch puts it at the top of your outline. He says, because we are relentlessly pursued, especially when we are not worthy of such pursuit, we also become pursuers. We turn toward others and we move in their direction. That is how the kingdom of heaven works. So the gospel exposes that usually our biggest obstacle to meeting new people is not primarily our lack of skills, but it's often our lack of love for the people around us. We don't love people the way that God loves them. And God showed me, this is actually what held me back from meeting new people, that I actually feared people more than I loved them. So if you have a hard time meeting new people, could it be because you've forgotten that God pursued you in love when you weren't worthy of being pursued? And also, I just want you to stop and consider too, that have you ever realized that every time you initiate a conversation with someone, you are actually displaying the initiative-taking love of God. You are imaging the gospel every time you start a conversation. That's really powerful. So 
The biggest key in meeting new people is to remember the gospel. Let's take a look at principle number two, which is to remember your design. Remember your design. So after God created Adam, the first man in the Bible, the Bible tells us in Genesis 2.18, just in your packet, it says, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. And so God does just that. He goes on to create Eve, the first woman. But what's fascinating is that in Genesis 2.18, this was the first time that God says something in his creation wasn't good. And so this shows us that God designed us to need the community of other people. But under stress, we tend to withdraw from social situations, especially ones with people that we don't know. But the more that we isolate, the more that we tend to compound our struggles with mental health. I mean, have you ever noticed, maybe this happened to you this semester, that as you backed away from friendships or maybe from the fellowship to get more work done, you actually felt less happy and satisfied? Or maybe for you, you found yourself this semester spending all of your time investing in virtual relationships instead of in relationships with the people physically present with you. Or when you're in groups of people you don't know, you automatically pull out your phone so you don't have to engage and face that awkwardness. Well, you will find that you do not flourish when you isolate yourself from human interaction. And this is because God created you with a design. You are meant to move out and interact with the people around you. We see this in Proverbs 18.1, which says, whoever isolates himself breaks out against all sound judgment. And so that means that one of the ways that we can embrace God's design for us is by talking to people that we don't know. And what's really wild, you should do a Google search sometime when you get home. There's actually a ton of studies online that show that talking to strangers actually improves your physical, mental, and emotional health. It is wild. And so these studies actually show what scripture has been saying all along. Look at Proverbs 11.25. It says, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. But... We don't just talk to strangers because we were designed to need social interaction, but because everyone around us is also designed that way. So we often mistakenly believe that we will be a burden to people if we talk to them. I know I often fall into this trap, but in reality, the opposite is actually true because you are actually blessing people. You are helping them flourish in their God-given design. The people around you were made to need human engagement just as much as you do. So remember, God created you with a design. You were designed to engage with the people around you. That's the path of flourishing. Let's get to point three, the practicals, because you might be wondering, okay, I'm tracking here, but how does this play out in everyday life? How would I actually do this? So I'm gonna go through seven methods of how you can uh, meet new people. There's a lot more than this, so if you want more, feel free to talk to me, but here's just seven that I found to be really helpful. I'm gonna go through these pretty fast so we have time for interactive part. Um, So that's why I have the outline printed out for you, and I think there should be a a slide behind me as well to help you get the fill-ins. So, Method number one is the R method, the AR, or you could say the A-R-E method. So A stands for anchor, anchor. And this is where you share an observation about something that you and another person are experiencing. So some examples of things you could say here at Focus are, oh, I loved the worship set so far this week. Uh, or, or maybe you could say, I just love the nature here at Dublin Gap. 
And then R stands for reveal. This is where you disclose something about yourself that's related to the anchor that you just said. So some examples for the R. Um, for that first anchor, you could say, you know, I think my favorite song so far this week was Lift High the Name of Jesus. Uh, for the second anchor, you could say, I really enjoy hiking, so I'm excited to go on that flat rock hike this afternoon. And then E stands for encourage, encourage. Now you ask the other person a question. So for that first anchor, you could ask, what's been one of your favorite songs this week? Or for the second anchor, you could say, have you, done the, have you done the flat rock hike? What was that like for you? So that's the first method, the A-R-E method or the R method. Second method is to offer a compliment with a question. So offer a compliment with a question. This actually happened to me a few weeks ago. I was sitting in a coffee shop and the woman at the table sitting next to me leans over and says, I really like your shoes, where did you get them? And we had this whole long conversation about where to buy cute and comfortable shoes. So offer a compliment with a question. Uh, third method is to observe people and their surroundings. So observe people and their surroundings. This one works pretty much in any situation. Um, so this semester, one of the things I found really helpful was I would walk through the student union building at Penn State York, and there would be students reading physical novels. And I was a library science major in college, so I got very excited about this. So I would stop and ask, hey, what book are you reading? I'm always looking for good book suggestions. And that led to a lot of great conversations with students and a lot of good book recommendations. So observe people and their surroundings. All right, fourth method, pick up on free information. Pick up on free information. I'll explain that one. So you can start a conversation um, by building on something that someone said that was not directly addressed to you, but that you heard. So let, let me give you an example of this. So maybe tonight at your campus group time, you're doing an icebreaker and people are going around and sharing about the highs and lows of their semester. And so something that someone said about the low during their semester stuck out to you. So tonight at the campfire, you go and follow up with them about it. So that's you're picking up on free information, just picking up on the things that you hear. Uh, the next method is to ask for an opinion. Ask for an opinion. Um, I found this works really well at restaurants, at coffee shops. And I mean opinion uh, about something that's maybe not a hot topic. Um, so for example, you know, if I go to Starbucks or a new coffee shop, I'll ask the barista, hey, what drink do you recommend here? And just see if that opens a conversation. I'm also indecisive, so it helps me decide what to order. Um, all right, sixth method is think through questions ahead of time. Think through questions ahead of time. This is especially helpful before you go to events or maybe situations with people you don't know. So before focus, you could think of questions like, where are you from? What's your favorite part of your hometown? What do you like about your campus? Um, I was just at a wedding the other weekend and one of the questions I love to ask at weddings is, how do you know the bride and groom? And that usually opens up a great conversation. Um, seventh method, the last one, very simple, introduce yourself, introduce yourself. Um, and this works great at places where people gather. So I found this works really well at church or at fellowship meetings. So what I'll do, I'll go up to someone I don't know and just say, hey, I don't think I met you before. My name is Maria, what's your name? And then I'll use one of the other tools to keep the conversation going. But now I want us to actually practice meeting new people. So I'm gonna give some instructions first before I let you loose. Um, so take a look at page 42 in your packet, at the bottom of page 42. You'll notice there's two small talk chains. For the next few minutes, you, you're going to stand up, find someone you don't know in this room, 
and use the first small talk chain to have a conversation with them. Because this is focused, and we have name tags, make sure you introduce yourself by name, um, get to know the other person's name. And you are welcome to ask your own questions or just let the conversation flow, make comments. You're not stuck to those questions. Um, if this feels really scary to you, I know um, people are mentioning anxiety, you're welcome to bring a friend with you to do this. Um, you can even just sit and watch the people around you and, and observe what's happening. But I encourage you that if you can to, to get up in faith and just go and talk to someone. So in the next few minutes, get up, find someone you don't know, talk to them and I'll bring us back. All right, guys, if you can go back and find your seat. It sounds like you're all having a great time. All right, so meander back to your seats and I'm gonna wrap us up. Oh, this is so good. Some of you are enjoying it so much, you don't wanna sit down. This is great. Okay, and hopefully that wasn't too bad for you. I saw a lot of smiles and laughs and uh, there's actually a study show talking to new people boosts your mood. So hopefully we're all even a little bit happier than when you came in here. Um, and we're headed to lunch, so it just gets better. Um, but yeah, I, I just hope that gave you some practical experience of what it's like to talk to a new person. But I wanted to end by reading Ephesians 2, 19 to 20, which says, it's in your packet, it says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So you can talk to strangers because God brought you, a stranger, into his family. And so I encourage you to keep getting to know that person that you just met. Maybe you won't even wanna write down their name or something you learned about them. You can talk to them more at lunch or later today. And maybe you can even try and meet one more new person before you leave tomorrow. But it is truly a privilege to talk to new people because you will image the gospel and flourish in your God-given design. So I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna head to lunch. Um, dear Jesus, we are just so thankful um, for the power of the gospel, for the love that you display in the gospel, that you moved towards us, that you initiated with us and we didn't deserve it. When we were yet sinners, you died for us, Jesus. I pray that kind of love would compel us to go and talk to new people, to show them the love that we've been shown, that we love because you first loved us. Bless us in your name, amen.